0: For one team, the expectation was nothing less. That's what I came here for, to be able to compete for a championship each and every year. For the other, the expectation was nothing more. No matter what all the analysts or whoever says, we're never going to give up. on relentless. We can win. One team built on promises. Not two, not three, not four, not five. Another built on promise. Everybody's got that vision. Season has come down to this one last shot. James on the cross. The one last game. Place. One last chance to compete for an NBA championship. Each and every year, there's 30 teams that would love to be a part of something like this. Let the begin. For six games, they've battled back and forth. This series is about play- setting the stage for seven. Game sevens are the ones that you'll remember 20 years from now. LeBron James came to Miami to play with all-stars who would help cement his legacy. All-stars who have been relatively absent as this series has progressed. This is no longer the big three the Pacers, their all-stars have shown brightest on the biggest stage, and rather than fading quietly, have positioned themselves to upset a giant. The line between eternity and anonymity is a thin one. Few remember the challenger, but everyone remembers the champion. It's Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Finals. Pacers Heat, win or go home. Hello and welcome to the Double Clutch Podcast.
1: We finally have our two finalists. The Eastern Conference and the Western Conference champions have been decided and they will meet each other in the NBA Finals starting this Thursday night at 2am. I'm joined today by the returning MVP of the uh, Double Clutch Podcast, Mr. Matt Smashed.
2: That's a bit extraordinary, isn't it? Yeah. Uh,
1: well,
2: MVP. Sixth man of the year, baby. Sixth
1: man <laughs> of the year. <laughs> uh, how have you been, mate?
2: I've I've been all right. I uh, had a bit of a hectic shift shift at work tonight, but uh, we're back and we've, we're we're recording this at twelve past midnight <laughs> <laughs> on, on Wednesday morning. So it will be out yep. during the day. So it, it, it's interesting doing a podcast this time of night because it messes with our body clock. But we're working the same time as uh, our uh, US and Australian listeners. Well, there you
1: go. And um, again, joined by. My uh, fellow compatriot of the uh, Philadelphia 76ers, Mr. Matthew Bates. Hello.
2: Another Alright,
1: I think we've gone over this. We, we, we're banning that word. <laughs> All right. Um, we're going to crack on with the uh, breaking down the Game 7, which we saw last night, which involved the Miami Heat and the Indiana Pacers. Miami Heat running out clear winners. And where do we start? I mean... I think you've got to start with the uh, Indiana Pacers, really. I mean, how disappointing were they? Uh, in the first half, especially. In the first quarter alone, they had uh, nine turnovers. And it just didn't get any better from there. I mean, what happened for the Pacers? They, they were doing so well until this, and then they just seemed to collapse.
3: I guess maybe well, sh- it was oh, the, bright, the bright lights of a Game 7 in the, in the Eastern Conference Finals could play some part to it. Uh, n- George, uh, Paul George really didn't really get to um, get to his spots and didn't didn't perform as what we've seen him do in the in the series. And they, it was awful. <laughs> yeah, and he and Indiana being big as they are, they losing the rebound uh, battle, fifteen to eight on offensive rebounds. Miami won that. So you're not going to win a definitely not going to win a game seven with a if you're getting out rebounded, especially on the eff- offensive glass like that.
2: I think you've got to give credit to Miami Heat though because the way they defended uh, Hibbert and West and Mahini and players like that was to double-team them the second they got the ball and Hibbert just looked a bit lost whenever he, he did get the ball and David West was the same and it, it, that was a massive contributing factor to, to them losing the game. I mean, what, first quarter, they went on a pretty nice run, the paces, and they had a they had a fairly, well, small lead, but it was a lead nevertheless and they just sort of fell apart offensively. They just... They lack the scoring that I think someone like, you know, Danny Granger, who's out injured, would probably bring them.
1: Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll touch on Granger in a bit, but going back to the pace, I just think they had the problem with bringing the ball up the floor. I mean, we'll, we'll, I'll credit the Miami Heat defense, yeah, but I think that kind of turned up more in quarter two. And in the first quarter, that just uh, George Hill in particular, his he, when he brings up the ball, he doesn't seem as comfortable as maybe a more natural point guard. I don't know what it is with him. So I think that could be a, an area where they, they probably need to look to be better. I don't think they have a natural point guard in that team. I'm, I'm not sold on um, George Hill. I just think, obviously, he brings defensive length. I just don't know whether he has that. that he's not, he's, he doesn't run the pick and roll well either.
2: He's not as physical as a lot of the point guards in the league as well. He's not the sort of player who runs around and you know gets banged left, right and centre. He's not a, a Chris Paul or a Jean Rondo. He just sort of hangs around at the top of the key waiting for the ball usually and he, in the first quarter I think he hit two th- two threes maybe mm. maybe the one not too sure but um, he was definitely playing well in the first quarter but they just you know collapsed towards the end of that and Miami just they, they fed off this home crowd somehow because their second quarter was incredible I mean 33 to 16 they outscored the paces mm. and it was just one way traffic from then I mean if I'd have I didn't stay up and watch it live I actually watched it this morning I had a complete media blackout but if I'd have watched it live I'd have probably gone to bed at half time thinking Miami are going to win this <laughs> I wish I did
1: um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean the, the uh, Ray Allen especially for me I mean once you get him firing the Miami Heat are pretty much unstoppable they've got people that can just spread the floor and let LeBron James and D-Wade cause havoc he hit three in a row as well mm. which was just for, from but behind he hasn't arc, been doing that just... either this, this season but this post season he hasn't been the Ray Allen we know
2: no, but that was the thing. I mean, a lot of these players we haven't really seen. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I think the Pacers have probably bossed the series up until game seven. Definitely. And it all changed then. I mean, Miami started rebounding. Chris Chris Bosch I thought was was stunning with regards to rebounding the ball. Um He only had nine points, which wasn't great. But Dwayne Wade, I mean, I put on the Twitter feed earlier. Dwayne Wade returned 21 Mm. points, man. He was on fire as well. He was running around, you know, jeering up the crowd. And it was an an absolutely electrifying atmosphere in that place. And uh, did you see – I know, Frankie, you listen to Talk Sport quite a lot. And if you guys in Australia or the U.S. or whatever don't know. But Talk Sport is like a radio station over here just purely devoted to all kinds of sports except – you know, the, the notable US ones. But Stan Collymore, who does their football phone-ins, was at the game and he was tweeting pictures and stuff. <laughs> and I thought that was really interesting. But people were giving him stick because they were like, ah, oh, you're a glory hunter. And then he was bringing up quotes from like 1996 and stuff. And it was like, in your face. It was a really, I thought it was a fascinating game. I mean, I thought it was going to be a lot closer than it was. I think a lot of the pundits probably had it as sort of a Miami
3: win, but a, a narrow win at that. But it was a blowout in the end, really. Not to toot my own horn, but on the last podcast I did, I did call the <laughs> the, uh, the Wade bounce back game. But yeah, they really, they really won this from from their defense. Mm. The LeBron James he actually absolutely had Paul George in handcuffs. Paul George, he didn't get any breathing space for his shots, and most credit goes that, and obviously to the team. But LeBron James was just on another level last night. You could tell that he just wasn't gonna let either george go off or anyone go off he just what he was just gonna bring take take the heat to the finals no matter what
1: and he's well, he's got a history of this because he is the on stats alone he's probably the best um best player in game seven situations of those who've played more than two obviously you could argue that jordan never let it get to a game seven but yeah james <laughs> just kind of seems to turn out when his team needs him and I know Dwayne Wade returned and he was brilliant, crashing offensive boards, and like, I think he had five. And but the thing is, LeBron James is just he, this is his team, and I I can't see any anyone else winning the title. I, I will get onto that later, but this LeBron James is just it's just a pleasure to watch him.
2: <laughs> Stop gushing, God, <laughs> Larry Sanders now LeBron James. Eh? anyone else Have we got an Andrew Bynum next year (laughs) (laughs) Um, but no it was it was an interesting game There was only like five lead changes throughout the whole game and it was only tied like three times I think it was I mean that's a it doesn't really happen in a playoff game it's usually a lot higher than that that the score is either tied or the lead there's you know multiple lead changes but I think just Miami showed the intensity they needed to show I mean the arena was obviously sold out David Beckham Britain's own king was uh was there? Sorry, it, sorry, England's own king. I'm about to correct myself there. There might be some Scottish people or something <laughs> but um, it was weird because early on the Pacers, just. They went out to a 12-6 lead, I think it was, and um, Miami just shut them down from that. It was almost as if LeBron James and Wade and Co just sort of were like, no, this this is our house. Ray Allen hit those big threes, like you mentioned. Um, I think the production from Norris Cole was pretty nice. There was some lovely bounce passes he made sort of during the second and third quarter to, to really stick it to him but I think the statement moment of the game for me was that LeBron James put back dunk mm-hmm. that was just ridiculous I mean I, I've i never seen anything like it in my life like, he just hanging on the rim it just looked like a monster up there it was like you know freaking T-Rex stomping mm-hmm. on a car Especially or something now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no you're right
2: that's not that's not gushing that's respecting an, <laughs> a, an animal at his, pr- at his finest <laughs> I think
1: like this is the first game of the series really where we've seen Miami Heat do what they've done in the regular season they they spread the floor and uh, hit knockdown threes got in the paint I mean, we haven't really seen this for this series because Roy Hibbert they've been too afraid to go into the paint because of Roy Hibbert but this game Dwayne Wade especially was just they were driving in and we uh the buzzword of the NBA playoffs has been the verticality rule, but it wasn't. It wasn't in effect. I mean, Roy Hibbert wasn't getting the calls. I'm not saying that that uh,
2: that he was on the bench for a considerable part of the first half. Yeah, I mean, what, what's going on there? And so was Paul George. I, think they were in I mean, foul you,
1: trouble. That, that's
2: all. Oh, they they gosh. were in foul trouble, but at the end of the day, like Steve Kerr said, it's a game seven. Just let the boys play, and if they foul out, they foul out. It's their fault.
1: I'm sure um, Rondo played. Uh, like forty eight minutes like a lot of times in that series last year. Uh you know, in the Eastern Conference Finals. Like I don't think it if you're young, I don't I think you can do it. Like Jimmy Butler for the Bulls uh, against the Heat was playing like forty eight minutes
3: most of the games. If Kobe can do it, anyone can do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I don't think Kobe's <laughs> human <laughs> Uh one last factor about the rebounding again, I know I'm gushing about the rebounds, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, all, the, all the offensive rebounds that the that the Heat that like the heat captured stopped the break stopped indiana's break they stopped Lance stevenson yeah. getting the rebound and just go in as fast as he can head down pretty much <laughs> to the basket which which in game 6 was a was one of the key factors but yeah as i as i said again the offensive rebounds really did come into a full come into account and we also got a bit of a um, flow riders manager getting into it <laughs> at the end of the game that was worth staying up for i'll give him that that was worth staying up for Seeing, seeing him get thrown out and yeah, Flow Rider's chain, as Barkley would say, he'd rob him. <laughs> oh, oh, I think there was a God. funny
1: moment on. Um, they mentioned it on TBJ think, uh, where a shack called um, Charles Barkley a butthead. I think that that's probably one of the most entertaining moments of the game <laughs> because it, it was it was good to see Miami play Miami Heat basketball, but he wanted more of a game. I mean, we we built this up really big and if we're honest it let us down come on
2: what did we think of um uh, did you guys watch it on Sky or did yeah, you yeah I did s- stream or whatever league what, the league pass what did you think of Sky's coverage because there was a there's a really odd bit where I think it was during the second quarter or first quarter where um they cut to the TNT intro and I was like what
1: the hell's going on that's usually at the start of the game <laughs> I am um, see I don't mind um you know Kevin Kado, I think he's quite a good uh Quite a good anchor, but like some of the uh, like especially that Carl Brown, I'm I'm not sold on his basketball kind of analyst analytic skill. I the, Le- the Leicester Riders who you say that. Yeah, well the the coach uh, Robert Rob, uh, I'm not going to try and pronounce his second name, but uh, <laughs> Rob he he I prefer him. He's, he actually they actually gives me some insight, but with Carl Brown, it's kind of I like the points in the paint. And I'm not really gaining anything
2: from that. But I think they lack a I think they lack a player. I mean, you watch Sky's NFL coverage just to go off on a tandem here, but you know their NFL coverage they have former players and things, and it brings a little bit more spice to it. I mean, they know the funny side of the game as well as the serious side of the game. I don't think you really get that when you're hearing coaches and analysts speak about the game. Yeah,
3: well, what do you want? You could have more breaks uh, without the studio team, but then get Charles Barkley and Shaq. Yeah, at halftime, I think I prefer more breaks. And, I, I, more I breaks and that. more shack.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, the, Adam Sil just to go off on a, another tangent here, but Adam Silver, <laughs> the uh, incoming commissioner, said that he wants to tackle the um, length of the games because it is pretty ridiculous, to be honest. I mean, a 48 minute game takes, what, two and a half, sometimes three hours? But if, yeah, if, it is ridiculous. If you look at um, the Euroleague, that they can get through games in like an hour and a half. Like, no problem. So, there's something to look into. It's just, as we know with these kind of things, money talks and... be a lot easier yeah. for us. Yeah.
2: Definitely. Uh, Did you guys see the, that, the play in the first half where uh, Mario Chalmers went to sort of... Uh, he flopped. Yeah. <laughs> it was a play yeah. in, in front of Paul George and Paul George just stuck the three yeah, in his face. Was, I yeah. thought that was epic. And then about four or five minutes before that, I think it was in the quarter before... Um, Stevenson hit that three over the top of Dwayne Wade, Dwayne Wade just looked, and <laughs> they showed you the replay and Dwayne Wade's like what
3: <laughs> and Paul but, Joel's um, reaction to Mario Chalmers afterwards if you can lip read for a bit of a treat yeah,
2: yeah I thought that was awesome with Chris Bosch because Chris Bosch uh I think he hit a three or something. He ran down the court and the camera zoomed in. and He was like, Yes, yes, <laughs> come on. <laughs> he was like, Let's be Avenue or something ridiculous. To, to quote Norwich City's I was very anti yeah, <laughs>
1: City.
3: classic, classic Bosch face.
1: <laughs> what do we make of um, Roy Hibbert not um, shaking hands with Mike Heat after the game?
3: I like it. I, I, I've seen enough 90s games to admire it. Not to the point. Maybe not after the end of a series, but definitely sometimes after games. But if he felt that he let the team down, let himself down, I think I think he may have been a bit embarrassed and just wanted to get off the court straight away. I know he didn't say that, but personally, I think he just wanted to get off the court straight away.
2: The boy likes getting in trouble, doesn't he? It's just another series of
1: I do like mis- him. I do like him. <laughs> bit of personality. Oh,
2: oh, I think he's fantastic. Every time I play... To bring up a video game, every time I play NBA 2K and I'm somebody, I try and attempt to sign him because I think he's one of the serious up-and-coming centres in the league. I, I really do rate him.
1: And um, talking about him up-and-coming, we'll talk about the Pacers and where where do they go from here now? That, I mean, I think, by all accounts, it's been a fantastic season for him. I mean, I know... I think me and me and Matt Bates had them down as the second-best team in the East, but they've done really well to take this to a Game 7. I mean, to be honest, they've probably controlled the series, and they're unlucky to go out, but they've done this without Danny Granger, and you, you could also say that Paul George wouldn't be Paul George he is today without Danny Granger being injured, but what happens mm. next season when Granger comes back into the fold? Do they slot Paul George back into the two guard? or does Granger well, on the bench or it depends how fit Danny Granger feels he is
2: because we know he's a star in the league I mean I love him to bits I've mentioned it before but um, I think if he comes back and he's like his former self then surely he's got a start he's one of the top players in the league but then again the way Paul George has played this season I think you've got to try and fit them both in that same starting lineup. up mm. I don't know how they'd do it but they'd have to figure out a way if Daddy Granger comes back and they decide to to ship him off somewhere, or they decide to ship off Paul George, I think they're going to have to bring in somebody off the bench. They need a scorer on the bench because their bench has been pretty yeah. pretty poor throughout most of the season. To, to be honest, I mean they rely on Paul George and David West and Hibbert and Stevenson really and, and Hill occasionally to sort of you know pull them out of sticky situations. And I've, I can't remember who it was. It was I think it was Reggie Miller said on the on the commentary that once they get behind the paces, they really struggle to get back in the game because they just do not have that firepower off the bench. I think someone like J.R. Smith, who's announced that he doesn't want to stay in New York today, is probably the sort of person they'd need. Someone who does bring that real production off the bench. Mm, I'm I'm still not sold on J.R. Smith,
1: though. I I, 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 I know what you mean about um, a player to come off the bench, but... Well, you look at last night. I mean, Augustine... Two points. Oh, All awful. I mean, I'll, I'll give you that. But JR Smith's just way too inconsistent. Um, and there's questions about his character, which I don't know. If, he, if he's partying the night before a playoff game. Well,
2: where's was there. he going to party in Indiana? Let's face it. <laughs> That's true. Come on. Where's he, where's he going to party in Indiana? They could barely sell out
1: the uh, field house. <laughs> Well, I, I think <laughs> I read the report that I thought J.R. Smith was going to stay in New York, but isn't he going to just opt out and then re resign?
2: I don't know. I saw. Some, I think it was First Take or something put something on Facebook earlier on that he was testing free agency. Because I then put a tweet out on the account saying random tweet
1: J.R. Smith to the Lakers oh. and Benjamin Dane was like, "Hmm, good idea." <laughs> the thing is, with um, well, he cost himself a lot of money this postseason because if he'd have. Say just say the the season had ended, like there was no postseason. He'd have got a pretty big contract because he had a stunning end to the season. But with his postseason play, he shot like around thirty percent, and that's just not good enough. And he's 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 not going to get a massive offer anymore.
2: I bet, I bet he's loving that I mean the Knicks get to the playoffs they have their best seeding and God knows how many years they win the conference and Frankie Hobbs <laughs> London England is telling him he shouldn't have got the team to the playoffs so he could have no, got a no,
1: better no, conference <laughs> uh, well, you can spin my words so.
3: <laughs> well I don't think Indiana will be able to afford him to be honest they haven't got much cap room this, yeah. they're saying that they're keeping Granger and I guess going back to the starting lineup, you're going to have to put I guess maybe Stevenson, Stevenson on the bench, and Granger, and Granger takes in the starting lineup. But if they're, they're only going to be able to uh, afford a mid-level exception contract, so you know, uh, by to, the way, by
1: David West, they have to get David West. He's oh, a free he's, he's
3: already said that he's he's coming back. He said it on the press conference after the game. He's definitely said that he's going to come back. Which I think is true to his words. He's a true character. I think he definitely will.
1: Mm. but that, 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 that's more salary isn't it I mean they they got him on a really good deal because it was coming out of the lockout so I don't mm-hmm. I don't think they're going to get the same value so
3: well, Augustine and Hansborough they're, they're free agents they're gone which will which after it all said and done they will be able to they can flip a few I'm sure they can flip a few players out of it and they can afford someone on the lines of OJ Mayo Redick or Corver, which I guess they would need from it oh, that's a good shout yeah uh, to be honest, uh, Grantland's Zach Lowe did a ha- did a fantastic piece today about exactly what the in Pacers should do, and he was talking about the mid-level players that they should get. But yeah, I 100% agree with him. He said Corver, Mayo, Redick, maybe uh, Calderon and Martin, which they do need. I think they personally, I think they need a, a shooter, maybe a three-point specialist, as a, as already said, Corver or Redick to come off the bench. But Jarrett Jack. They, they they could have traded him last year which would have just been perfect. Mm. Jared Jack's a good player. I definitely think he
1: could fit there because he he can handle the ball well and I I wouldn't even be I I don't know if this would work or not but you could almost shift Paul George slide him to the two guard maybe a bit like um New York Knicks ran the the two point guard lineup and it worked pretty well. And I think that that could be a new trend I don't know but like having that versa, versatility and there's big questions for Indiana and uh, there's rumours that Larry Bird might come back in because we know what fantastic he, job he's done to build this roster because whatever way you look at it, this roster at the moment still is uber-talented because they've got Roy Hibbert, is, he's arguably been the most improved player in the playoffs. Um, you've got Paul George, who's the most improved player in the NBA, apparently, which I don't agree with. But we'll, 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 last year, we'll, last year. Yeah, and then... You've got uh, Danny Granger, as you said, which I think of all of them, I think Danny Granger probably the one to move while his values is yeah. relatively high. I mean you could probably get there's rumors of a high draft pick and maybe another piece but I I, well, I don't think his contract's the most appealing for a team to take on, especially with uh, with his injury and you don't know what, how many years of production you're going to get from Danny Granger.
3: But who they they're gonna have to trade him, so mm. who you're just saying all his injury and stuff, he's not he's not really gonna have a big high trade value as what he would. Maybe if they flip him at the trade deadline so they can actually see see what they've got yeah. with him and then make decisions from mm. there. But yeah, not... at the moment they have got a they have got a great and intriguing core with Hibbert George West, if they probably will re sign him. But maybe if they get someone for the bench because they are a defensive minded team and they need that
1: explosion, don't
3: they? I'm sure this will come up uh, later on when we do the state of the franchise, but Nick Young is a, is a free agent. Slaggy <laughs> peach. Uh, yeah, exactly. But um, <laughs> maybe he could take the Nate Robinson role in Chicago. Maybe not a defensive-minded, out-of-control player that someone like Frank Vogel could... Control. <laughs> well, yeah.
1: Just turn what about injured. Nate Robinson himself?
3: He's well, a
1: pigeon. I don't think he's staying in Chicago either.
3: No, his contract might be a bit too much for the Pacers That's true Especially after these playoffs
2: Nate's never taken a lot though He always fits into the sort of championship sides
1: Yeah, I think there's, Somehow, there's no somehow that, I, think. <laughs> <laughs> I think not many people trust him and I think this is an interesting one And the debate could uh, rage on I think that uh, State of the Franchise podcast On the Indiana Pacers is going to be a very interesting one
2: I think he'd be great in La La
1: Land you want everyone <laughs> isn't it? You, want all the, uh, you want all the runners and gunners you're going to be like
2: youth baby youth bring on the youth
1: <laughs> and um yeah so we'll, we'll talk about the Indiana Pacers in the off season and I think I've got to say it, what a fantastic season for Frank Vogel and his team and especially his assistant coach or one in Philly but that's for another yeah. time <laughs> and um yeah so we'll, we'll move on we'll talk about the team that actually made it through to the finals and we'll preview the upcoming NBA finals
0: spectators gather where history takes root. At a place where dreamers become champions. And champions pass into legend.
1: An almost unthinkable storyline has unfolded in this
0: NBA Finals. Tonight, the real season begins. power. Unbelievable! One of the most incredible comebacks in NBA Finals history. He's way too good!
1: And I guarantee guaranteeing everybody here, next year, we're going to win
0: it again. The stage is set. Back to back! Yeah! Yeah! The moment is now. Don't ever underestimate the heart of a champion finals are here it's here
1: uh, the playoffs seem to have just gone ridiculously fast and it feels like only a week ago we were doing the uh, preview show and oh
2: yeah it, it's odd though because obviously like i had that week off work and you weren't doing exams during what was it the first week mm-hmm. and a bit of playoffs so we spammed out episode after episode and watched game after game after game and it felt like that went on for a month or so yeah. but it was only really a week it was really sort of odd because especially with you know British sports you don't really get that many games crammed into one mm. week I mean unless you watch Rugby League well yeah it's a super weekend I, I don't watch I don't watch the Northerners sport
3: <laughs> come on <laughs> I don't know what
2: you're talking I, about, but I know you're dissing the north. So I, I play, I play union, so uh, I, I never get on the rugby league. Probably because I'm not fit enough. But anyway, that's a different story. And I don't.
3: Know but what I, f- I think that. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I think this. Um, I think this finals matchup is really interesting. I, mean, I was listening to Mike and Mike earlier on, and like this afternoon, I think got, it must have haven't been.
1: Haven't they got um, Doug Collins
2: on there soon? Yeah, they had David Stern on this morning, which I was uh, quite interesting. He was talking about the uh, overseas expansion and things like that and his retirement and whether or not he was going to go fishing or do business <laughs> opportunities or grow his hair and whatnot but it, it was an interesting um, so the main gist of their conversation was is this the best finals matchup in terms of what fans and critics and analysts f- you know think in 20 odd years
1: I, I don't know I, I liked last years I mean Kevin Durant going one on one with LeBron James. I thought that was a good one and um, but in terms of um same thing. <laughs> yeah. And in terms of the um kind of series itself, I thought Miami Dallas was is going to take some beating because that was a that was an epic one, wasn't it?
2: I think it's a fascinating question because, I mean, obviously, like, we're all varied on depending on how many years we've watched the sport. I mean, we're all quite relatively young compared to some
1: of the
2: the people who watch this sport. I mean, I've all been watching it since sort of 2001, maybe-ish. It wasn't on TV a lot, but I remember seeing glimpses of it. I mean, obviously, you followed the legendary Alan Iverson Mm. and his career, so i grew up with with kobe and the lakers and i think there's there's something special to any but as a basketball fan there's something special about celtics lakers just because of the the rivalry and the championships between the two sides but i think last year's finals was kevin durant the young up and ki- coming player versus the best player in the league i thought that was a real fascinating you know series and that that turned on game two, and that call at the end of game two. Yeah, we were just talking I mean, about that. Yeah, it messed it all up, and the officiating from then on was sort of patchy, to say the least. But I don't know. I think I think the Cleveland Spurs series was interesting because it was supposed to be, you know, LeBron James's time, and it, it just didn't even come close. <laughs> Uh, I, there's there's real fascinating finals in the sort of times that I've I've watched, but the ones that stick out to me naturally are the are the Lakers and the Celtics series. I mean, especially the last one; it went seven games.
3: I remember seeing dingy dingy games on Channel Four of, in '98 of Jordan, which yeah was a bit, which is a bit weird to say. I think they were highlights of a finals game. That was the first finals I say technically I watched. And obviously, 2001, being a Philly supporter where, uh, yeah, they actually made it, actually did something with themselves. So the last time I've probably been happy in my life. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, seeing, seeing Kobe and Shaq's run was good. Uh, I what, One that sticks out with me because it was probably the season that I probably watched the most basketball in my uh, young life, I guess, was uh, the 2000. And well, the, when uh, Kobe and Shaq lost to the Pistons in, I think 04. it's... Oh, four. Yeah, it's in oh, four. Yeah, that was good. Oh, four. Yeah. That was an upset, yeah, so the that least that team had no team superstars. Was <laughs> superstars. Yeah, exactly. Chauncey Billups was, was the man, I guess. Ben Wallace has had a great afro. But yeah, this one really <laughs> does intrigue me, this, this final series. Like, it would have been a bit better if we... It was a few years ago when Duncan was more closest to his prime Yeah. and Ginobili as well. But still, it's well you can't really tell with Duncan anymore. He's playing like he is 27.
1: The narrative is you- brilliant, isn't it? Because mm-hmm. you've got LeBron, who, who we just talked about. He lost 4-0 to the, the Spurs and played the Cavs. And he went, he got some help, and now he's coming back. And he, he said in an interview yesterday that he's 50 times the player he was with the Cavs. So... I mean, he's going to come out, and you you can see this both ways, really, because with the Spurs, they've got the size. You've got Thiago Splitter next to Tim Duncan inside. They're to, they're always going to cause problems, and with the way Miami defend, like they they love to pressure the ball. And we saw it yesterday. They love to trap, and so and there's not a team that moves the ball better than the Spurs. So, and they they love to get the corner threes going. So it's going to be a three point shootout in some aspects, yes. and I can't wait to see it. And I really couldn't call it. I, I couldn't call it.
2: I think right now, the fact that the Spurs did what they did to the Grizzlies is kind of scaring everyone. Made an absolute statement. I mean, I didn't expect it. I don't think anyone yeah. in the world expected it, except perhaps maybe Andy deep down in, inside <laughs> his stone-cold heart somewhere. But um, no, I think the series is, is it's fascinatingly poised. I mean, you've got the veterans, the three Musketeers down in Texas, and then you've got you know the three wannabe beach boys in Miami (laughs) and it's going to be really really fascinating I mean Dwayne Wade came out after the game last night and said you know this is the one they're a heck of a team and I think the Miami Heat are going to take this as a real statement if they beat this Spurs team in this finals that surely proves a point because they're beating a veteran team that's got you know arguably the best point guard in the league right now I know you said that on the last show Frankie Mm. and you know Tim Duncan's playing the way he's played and their bench has has been fantastic. I mean, as a Lakers fan, it it wasn't nice to see us get blown away, but my God, they played some beautiful basketball. But um, it's really going to be interesting. I mean, I think game one is so poised on a knife edge. I don't know whether the home advantage will tip Miami over, but we haven't actually seen the big three of either team meet up and play against each other this season uh, so yeah
1: there's always been coach mind games hasn't it
2: yeah we've got nothing to go off and it, it is really interesting i think the the heat will take this as a statement as if they beat this then they they prove to everyone what they're really really capable of because this spurs team have never lost a final series
1: mm. and um obviously the finals are a di- bit different in the way the uh, games are formatted there were two, three, two, and what do we think about that? Really, yeah. What's up with that? I, 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 it's just,
2: ah, oh, it's just ridiculous.
1: I don't know. It just <laughs> seems weird that we we go through um, having a system the whole playoffs, and then you just change it for the finals. That's it's the only thing I don't really get. And...
3: Well, say it's because of the people don't want to travel and that, but they travel in the normal playoffs. Ex- exactly, they travel in the normal playoffs, and sometimes you can get Memphis to just, for example, LA, which is <laughs> as far as way as probably Texas to Miami is, but. Well, yeah, they and they and recently people, have, well, they've always said that it's hard to sweep the three at home. But if you think about the last ten finals, quite a few of them have actually mm. been swept. Last year, the Heat—they done the three. Yeah, yeah the, the Heat did the three. The going back to two thousand and four, the Pistons uh, swept it at home. But yeah, it's just it's just weird how they just don't keep the same. Um, I think I personally think it gives the the, the second
2: team the advantage because you've got those You I mean you win one on the road yeah. and then you've got three straight home games I don't know about that though
1: because you've got the six and the seven at home you can look at it both ways really but I think if if you can um, if, as uh, we just said I do think it's hard to win three games in a row in a final so Definitely. if you can get the first two at your home building and you could just steal one on the road and you've got them two games to close out the series at home and you want the finals in your building, and I, I don't know about you, but I always like it when the team wins in their home court. In their home court, yeah,
2: it feels odd. I mean, the, when the Lakers won in Orlando, it just—it oh, was weird, man. It, it was it doesn't, really
1: doesn't feel the same, does
2: it? You don't really want to celebrate until they have that open-top tour bus, <laughs> you know, going around Los Angeles or whatever. But no, I think they—I think winning it at home is is the way it should be. I mean, even. Even in something like football over here, when when teams win cup games away from home, it just feels a little bit odd because you can't really be part of the celebration.
1: <laughs> Arsenal never win cups, <laughs> mate.
2: I'm annoyed. Mate. <laughs> Didn't
1: you win like the League One trophy
2: or something? Oh yeah, like, we, we won. We won the um, League One like two years ago. There you go. I think three. I two I think
1: years three, ago. three or four. Because you came up. It doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> we're talking about basketball. <laughs> and, um, yeah.
3: Um, no. uh, yeah, just a few things that I'm looking for, looking forward to in this finals. Obviously, um, T Mac. Just give him, just give him a minute. <laughs> just, just for old times' sake, give him a. But um, if the, if when the heat goes small, it's going to be very interesting about how the Spurs are going to adapt to that because obviously, uh, Bosch maybe the center with LeBron playing power forward. That's just going to take away the. Well, supposedly it's going to take Duncan splitter. Whoever the bigs of San Antonio, Dio, away from the basket, and it's great. It's going to be great to see how Popovich is going to is going to utilize that because when the Heat do that, the floor spaces, Wade can come off cuts, and obviously there's not going to be Tim Duncan or splitter there guarding the rim. So that's one of the things I'm going to be looking after, uh, looking out for. And Chalmers, I think maybe for the Heat, maybe either Chalmers or Norris Cole are going to be the key f- if they're going to win it because. LeBron's going to get double teamed. Wade might get double teamed. So that we're going to leave someone open, and it's going to be behind the perimeter. And if they, if they can hit the open shots, then it's going to be hard for the Spurs to to uh, to go against that. Which you could say yeah. about the same for the yeah. Spurs as well, who are obviously Matt Bonner's there, who's big as well. Who's going to bring Bosch out, Anthony out of the paint. So yeah, it's going to be it's going to be the battle of the three. Yeah, you got, you've got
1: like Danny Green, Kawhi Leonard. They all yeah. can step out and hit the three. And Kawhi Leonard against LeBron James, like what? That's who I would suspect is going to mark LeBron. <laughs> mm. And I've, Kawhi is is a fantastic defender, but he's not. He's not going to stop LeBron James. He's not, not LeBron James. But I think I think he'll do a job. And if the, it's kind of with the Miami Heat, I think the way you got to approach it. I'm not a coach or anything, but you've got to say let LeBron James get his 30 it's, I think that's going to happen it's just you've got to stop everyone else and I, I don't know if I'd give double coverage to LeBron I'm not sure if that's a I, I, I'm I think I'm
3: you double sure. him if he enters the, if he gets into the paint
1: you just, you just collapse the D straight yeah. but the thing is with Miami we saw in the finals last year mm. when everyone hit three I mean Mike Miller was just hobbling to the, <laughs> to the three point line <laughs> knocking down threes Norris Cole even
2: Chris Walsh yeah, even Chris Bosh has started hitting threes. But that's why this is so scary because obviously Miami's rotation means that their shooters like Baya and Miller and the guys you mentioned can pull away San Antonio's bigs away from the rim, which makes it easier for you know for the Heat to score in the paint. And Tim Duncan posts up, but he doesn't post up a lot—not mm. like as much, and not as frequently as a lot of other players do in the league. And it's going to be a really interesting one because obviously in the Eastern Conference Finals, Miami had Hibbert and west to deal with and hibbert posts up a lot more than someone like tim duncan does Mm. so it's going to be really interesting and i think if it comes down to that someone like lebron james with the length he's got can easily get out and you know block a shot from from timmy d or whoever
1: Mm. and i think with this series the first few games it'll be like the the debate between rest and rust and we'll see how because a lot of people a lot it happens a lot when um a team comes out and They've had a lot of rest and they lose the first game. Because, we, I mean, Matt will. But would it be a shock if. Because if the Spurs were on the true. road, I
2: don't think it would but be no, it that big a bigger. shock,
1: but I, I just think it would be interesting to see how they play because Matt will know. Mm-hmm. When uh, in 2001, when yeah. the uh, Lakers strolled through the playoffs and then the Sixers went to game seven, the, the Sixers come out and shocked the world, really.
3: Yeah. And my mum my gave me the uh, morning off school so I could watch that game. <laughs> live yeah thanks mum we love your mum yeah. yeah wow <laughs> who not <doesn't? laughs>
1: and um yeah so we'll, we'll um talk about the series obviously as it goes through and we'll try and get podcasts
3: out but we'll, i'll ask you who takes the series matt Bates. it it's gonna come down to it it's gonna go six or seven games and i can't see if it goes seven i can't see the heat losing a game seven on the home court so only from that point because I think it's going to be so dead on equal I'm going to have to go with the Heat in 7 Mass
2: Smashed it's a difficult one I'm a Western Conference boy I I want to go with the Spurs I mean I'd like to see the Spurs I think if the Spurs win it they win it in 5 I don't think they'd win game 6 or or game 7 in Miami it just wouldn't happen Um, that is Miami's ground they might be able to steal a a game 1 or 2 because of the the rest factor that mm. we mentioned, but I think it does all come down to the way uh, the Miami Heat can shoot the ball and the fact that they've got Shane Battier, and Mike Miller, and Ray Allen. You know, the, the, some of the best three point shooters in the history of the game. And Dwayne Wade seems to be on on form. Chris Bosch has manned up a little <laughs> bit. I think he felt, mm-hmm. I think he felt hugely responsible for the way the uh, Eastern Conference Finals I'm went. Rightly
1: so, to be fair.
2: Yeah, I mean, he needs to realize that he is part of this big three. It isn't a big
1: two. And he is six foot eleven as well. <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
2: He's a big. He's a big three player. And when he was in Toronto, he completely dominated and ran that franchise. So he know he's capable of doing it. And in fact, the last game where the the Miami Heat played the Spurs, he hit that uh, game winner, oh, didn't yeah. he? Yeah, he was fantastic that night. And that was granted, it was without Jimmy D and all, and all the big Spurs players. But
1: I think Duncan played. He was, it was Duncan. without the Heat. Heat, yeah, Heat didn't have their. Sorry, it was other Heat yeah. players.
2: <laughs> uh, it was the other way around that happened. The first yeah. one happened. Wasn't it? But um, I, I I, think it's. My heart wants to say the Spurs because I want a Western Conference team to win it because I still think the Western Conference is probably the stronger of the two. But my head just says the Miami Heat. I think it's impossible for the Miami Heat to lose this front this series.
1: So your prediction is, after all that sitting on the fence. Uh, Miami in 6 yeah I, that's what I'm leaning towards I think unless
2: Mano Ginobili goes completely oh, no, crazy we
1: can't, give, we can't give
2: you any unless <laughs> it's just the general thing if Mano Ginobili plays sort of fast loose style he has and messes up the heat's rotations mm. and they don't really have to have to stop him then it could be a different game, but then again, Ray Allen could have one of those games like he did against the Lakers in uh, 2010.
1: <laughs> I am inclined to go with the Heat. I mean, you know, the fact they have the two games at the at the end. How deep are you? <laughs> um, I, I, I see. I think the Spurs. Surprisingly enough, I think the Spurs might take game one. Yeah, but yeah. The, I, but then I just can't see the Spurs winning three in a row at home. So I will say the Miami Heat in six I and. Mean, I think LeBron James will be Finals MVP, and it's going to be interesting to see. And I think if the Spurs do win this, which they're very capable of doing, Mm -hmm. um, I think then Duncan might retire. Yeah,
3: it'd be the best way to go out. What way to go out? (laughs)
0: Yeah,
2: I think. I think the fact is with this series is it is so fascinating to us as fans and as basketball lovers because this is a veteran Spurs team. They've been there and done it before. Whereas you know Miami have always faced someone a little bit ropey. I mean Dallas had only been to what? One. a couple of finals one. before then that one finals and they, they'd won it they'd uh, lost it sorry so it, it's a real interesting one and the, the the fact that this is a veteran Spurs unit I think would make, will make all the difference because unlike the Pacers I mean they don't have the, the grit and the grind and if it comes to a game 7 the Spurs won't just give up like oh, the Pacers yeah, the Spurs did
1: are, they're far to experience that
2: the Pacers gave up last night there's no denying
1: it, it, was, it was, I mean well, I didn't I, like to think, see it Yeah.
2: I think even Frank Vogel came out afterwards and said they were just better than us, and they have the. They, you know, that's why they are who they are because they've been there before and they've done it. And no matter what, we always talk about veteran experience in this league. It's why the teams like the Celtics and the Lakers just never seem to go away because there's always someone on what either either one of those sides who's been there and done it and just drags people through wherever. The Lakers it's Kevin. Have done well this year, didn't, didn't they? Brian. Huh? The Lakers done well this year, didn't they? I wasn't talking about this year. I'll bring up Anthony Binder again, then you'll start. <laughs> but you, you get my point. Yeah. They all have sort of veteran mentality that drags them through. I mean, no one would have expected the Celtics to challenge Miami the way they did last year, but they did. Yeah,
1: that's yeah. true. And, I mean, the Celtics, you bring up a great point, the Celtics are a team that could have, um, I thought, This year, with with the new players they bought, I thought they they were on course to have a Spurs like year with Rondo running it. But alas, injuries happen, and we hope they come back next year. So, damn you, injury god! Yeah, (laughs) this has been a funny one, isn't
3: it? It's been the worst. Uh, Greg Popovich, though, it's always hard to bet against him. Yeah. I know Spoe's good at he's good at the X and O's of that, well, but I don't think there's anyone better in the league than Greg Popovich. You're right
2: there. He is the the best coach and Especially for sideline TV analysis. <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> I've already had <laughs> your two questions. Now
1: leave me alone. <laughs> so Matt Bates is going to in Miami in seven. Matt smashed his six. I'm in six Oh, I, I just wish Andy was here because I'm sure he'd take the Spurs in
2: four. <laughs> <laughs> if, San Antonio, if, if San Antonio do it in five, I'm taking credit.
1: <laughs> and um, yeah, so that's our prediction. We've gone for a clean sweep for Miami, and I don't know. I, I, I think I just think the Spurs might come out and steal game one. And I feel so bad. Do you? It feels like we're picking you know Man United over Tottenham.
3: <laughs> well, I do want the Spurs to win it, but I don't think they will.
1: I always pick over Spurs, but no, um, <laughs> um,
3: no, yeah, I, I do kind of
1: want the Spurs to win, but then I'd be happy if LeBron won. So I'm, 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 I'm impartial really, and I just want to see a good series. I think Game Seven of the NBA Finals is about as big as it gets. So I'd be privileged to watch that. And my exams will be finished. so I'll be
3: free to uh,
1: <laughs> if if the El Hitos lose
2: it. What happens in Miami? They're not. They're not going. Nothing. Nothing. Do they burn down the American Airlines Arena? Yeah, maybe.
3: There's more Bill, there's more, more chance of that than the heat.
1: The big three going. I thought if they lost <laughs> if they lost last night, I think it was more worrying. The fact they got to the NBA finals, I think that's kind of secured them for the next. Because yeah. I don't think LeBron will opt out now. I can't see him opting out.
3: I think Bieber and Lil Wayne start becoming uh, Spurs fans. Yeah. God, that's what that's what happens if a, if he's been a Bieber. Lakers fan, he's been a Knicks fan.
2: Who, who next? Yeah, Clippers. I mean, just... Bieber can
1: support whoever he wants. Let's not hate beebs
3: Come on, make you goddamn mind up. He's not coming <laughs> in Wells Fargo House. That's all I'm saying.
1: Uh, I love a bit of Bees. I'd welcome um, to the uh, WFC anytime. They never seem to be in TD Garden. I think
2: Boston probably ban idiots like that, yeah.
1: and no one wants to go to Boston. <laughs> mm-hmm. And um we thought we just mentioned the uh esteemed Philadelphia seventy six is there and No one wants to go to Philly, get it right. Hey, hey we... I was there I
3: was there in December. We lost to the Lakers, come on.
1: <laughs> Kobe Bryant's from Philly. And um yeah, so we 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 we've got plans to record um our State of the Franchise podcast on Saturday morning, I think. And um it'll be me, Matt Bates and hopefully Benjamin Cadane from Believe the hype podcast, and we're just wondering if you have any uh, questions, uh, queries that aren't involving Andrew Bynum, and we'll we'll try and bring them up on the show because there will be, I reckon, about a twenty-minute sob on Andrew Bynum. So if we can just keep Andrew Bynum questions to a minimum, then yeah. So if you if just look out for that podcast, and I think we'll try and get that out on Saturday or Sunday. And I think we probably will try and get something out after game one if we can arrange it, Matt.
2: Yeah, I think we'll we'll do our best to try and do every game. Yeah. It'll be difficult, but I think we've got enough people now, enough people capable of recording, and enough people with enough knowledge and input to be able to do it. I mean, even if it comes down to, I don't know, me and Matt one night or Frankie and Andy or something like that, then it, it all works. But obviously, people have exams... People have international call centers to set up. Uh, international and, uh,
1: espionage. <laughs> yeah,
2: and I, I have work and unsociable hours, as you guys said before the show. So, uh, well,
1: the NBA fan is quintessentially unsociable in the UK. Terms hey, <laughs> we like hiding in the dark. And um, we'll finish off. So, as always, if you want to visit the blog, that's uh, doubleclutchpodcast.wordpress.com. Work will begin on that in a couple of weeks I'm gonna I'll I'll be finished in a couple of weeks and I'll be free to try and get my hands on that and we'll we'll work something up to get a good good little website going and
2: such a lovely gentleman I know
1: I'm I'm (laughs) far far too nice and we'll go and if you want to follow us on Twitter it's uh, at Double Touch Free. if you want to follow Matt Smashed on Twitter it is at
2: At Matt Smashed and remember the Facebook group people because we're quite active on that at the moment and it's a good way to get in contact with people because you can actually put pictures and video and stuff on there, unlike Twitter.
3: <laughs> and if you want to follow Matt Bates... Um... At, at Bates991 and congratulations on TBJ on 1,000. Yeah, definitely. We should have probably... Are you expecting them to listen to us? <laughs> I'm actually wearing the T-shirt at the moment I and that is pure coincidence. <laughs> pure
1: coincidence. And um, This has probably been the longest close-off to a show, but if you want to follow me... It's at Frank. You can join the uh, millions that are following me at the moment. And yeah, so that's it. And let's, let's hope for a good finals. I'm picking eight and six. That's it. I remember the... F- We're going to get a good Here finals, man. There's no doubt about and it. remember the hashtag NBA in the UK, which I sometimes forget to use. Goodbye. Bye. Goodbye. Bad
0: everybody Everybody gets a feeling for a way a series is going to go. Um Honestly, what was your feeling going into the Indiana series? Because when you play Milwaukee, you're probably thinking, you know what, we should we should sweep or win in five. Uh-huh. Okay, we're playing Chicago, kind of banged up. We should do this. What was your feeling against Indiana? Well, I knew it was going to be a tough series. Um, they played us tough last year, even though CB was out. They played as tough, and um, I watched the series that they were in. But they, the problems they create is they're, they're huge. You know, Hibbert is. is is bigger than everybody on the floor, you know, David West. And also they have athletic wings, Lance Stevenson and, and Paul George. So um, that's what we have. So they was able to come back that with having Lance Stevenson and, and Paul George. So we knew that was going to create a problem. We just had to figure out, um, you know, how to win. So, uh, LeBron, I'm not going to admit, I was concerned. We all were concerned. But when Ernie did the beautiful intro and I saw you dancing in the locker room, I knew what you guys were going to win, I knew that you were going to play. What was your message to the rest of the guys when they saw you dancing in the locker room? Well, um, first of all, this is what we worked all regular season for, to have an opportunity to, if we didn't take care of beers on the road, to be able to close out on our home floor with a game seven. Um, so we're in front of our fans. Um, we gave our fans another game. And we should just go out and just use the experience that we've had the last three years Um, To the best of our knowledge We was just in this position last year Against Boston The Game 7 at home So we can always go back And use that And we was able to do that tonight You know it's funny we, We talk about I don't know if you get a chance To watch Kenny's pictures That ever But Kenny's pictures. Apparently not. Yeah, yeah, of course, not. Of course I do. Yeah, just, you know, it's, it's <laughs> Kenny's my, pictures. I'm playing yeah. my own Kenny. I only <laughs> really got one. Oh, oh, either, either, is he the halftime? He's busy. <laughs> no. After the game, he's, <laughs> still, he's still watching other, other games, not yeah. the game that he's playing. Ken, Ken, Kenny, oh, hold on a second. <laughs> Go, oh, Kendrick, Kenny's talking <laughs> about himself. <laughs> <laughs> no, wait, wait, wait. So we he knows that joke. So he knows all of them. So he Go ahead. It was about your basketball IQ understanding the moment understanding the situation and being able to get guys involved and even Shaq early in the game said well he might come out as magic johnson or he's going to come out as michael jordan today which one when you came into game seven knowing that bosh wade right. and some of the other guys hadn't been able to have the offensive low what was your mindset well first of all the last two days i was on them i was on them and i let them know that hey um you know if we don't it's just us three. It's, it's us three at the end of the day. We have to put our team in a position to win. And I cannot afford to have you two struggle again. And, uh, you know, they heard the message and it was clear about it. And um, the first play of the game, I called up a set for D-Wade to get it in the post. Now, he didn't shoot the ball, but the simple fact that he felt like he was involved right from the gate um, allowed him to attack later on in the game. Mm-hmm. And I thought CB did a great job of, you know, getting active on the glass first that made him active and then he started hitting a couple of shots so um i mean i let them know i, I needed him right because my thing him. was i thought that 15 shots was his going to be his number right. for d wade i said it because i just felt that you guys weren't versatile enough right, or diverse right. enough if you he didn't take 15 or more right. shots and uh, he got up 16 tonight so yeah. there it was you know the one thing we've said about your team all year is what's going to happen when you play against a bigger team right this is really the first big team huge team you played right. against and you struggle defensively and mm-hmm. on the boards mm-hmm. this, this was probably the first game you won rebounding wise the spurs are a similar big team uh do you ever worry about just getting beat up on the boards every single night well i mean that's a point of emphasis for us uh-huh. is to, to win a glass and, and it's never going to be uh we don't have a zach randolph we don't have a dwight howard we don't have guys that can go out and get 13 14 each and every night and just bank it so we have to do it as a collective group, and and tonight I'm looking at the stat sheet. You know, I had eight, CB had nine, D Wade had eight, uh, Bird had five, and we was able to out rebound them. So um, when we rebound, now uh, we're we're a much better team, and when we don't rebound and we get crushed like we did in Game Six, mm-hmm. uh, we we can't win because it puts too much pressure on our defense at that point. In the course of this series, LeBron, you had a speech for your guys. <laughs> uh on the floor Is that a speech uh, once once you repeat on, it yeah. that's and, that's not uh, you repeat right. after midnight let's go get it cussed also, out let's go cussed yeah, out also Udonis <laughs> Haslam had had some words uh in the locker room for you guys who had the magic words before game seven did Riles talk to you did Spo talk to you how did it work uh, actually I think I mean everybody had some type of input in game seven uh but mostly it was Spoh um Spoh came in it just told us hey um you know, this is the opportunity, and these are moments that you'll remember 20 years from now. Did you get that burn the ships speech again? No, nah, we didn't get the burn the ships speech. But <laughs> <laughs> you heard that one already. Yeah, we heard that yeah. one. But he, uh, he was just like, hey, guys, just, just seize the opportunity, seize the moment, and, uh, you know, just let the you know chips fall where they may.
1: Do you lot know anything about the draft,
3: like any of the players? No, I just know that there's some good Canadian kid coming in next year. Wiggins. Wiggins. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone. It's about Wiggins
1: <laughs> and the wide park as well, but we need to probably because we draft is always
3: cool to get some stuff out. So there's always videos and scouts and that. So the only thing I know about the draft is it's all about arm span,
1: <laughs> and always white players have little dinosaur arms. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that's why Blake Griffin never blocks any shots.
3: No, oh, don't get me started. I think it's because he's a pussy. That's why.
1: Man up. <laughs> Uh, you're, you're right, but like, say, like, um, Rudy Gobert coming through in the draft. He's French. He's seven foot one, yeah. and he's got a seven, nine wingspan. Hmm. <laughs> I was like, well, it gets to a point where your arms must touch the floor. Yeah, you can t- tie your shoelaces without bending <laughs> over. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Jesus Christ, you could tell it's ten past one in the morning.
1: We we need to. um... We've got, like. <laughs> we. <we've, laughs> There's, what? <laughs> there's 30 teams in the NBA we've only got through one one state of the franchise we've got 29 to go
2: uh, yeah but I don't, I don't think they necessarily need to be a forced thing
1: yeah
2: do you there really want to do we...
3: one of the bobcats can't you like joint like mix them in with like the, the magic <laughs> the bobcats will give out like, two listens <laughs> that's what I mean bobcats and magic you could just do like a joint I guess
2: but the, the idea was to give some form of a history lesson as well, so right. we could read Wikipedia for some of the teams.
3: <laughs> Charlotte, Charlotte, formed, mm. formed in 2004, made the playoffs once, had one All Star.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I love an expansion draft. I can't wait to. I reckon Seattle will
2: get a team soon. I want Seattle
3: to get a team. I'm a Seahawks fan, so. I don't
1: want it to be the Kings, though.
3: You want to be 32 teams, really, don't you? Because you've got to keep even. Or just get rid of the Bobcats. Get rid of the Bobcats. Put, um, Memphis put, in the east. Yeah, Memphis in the east, and put um, Shout Seattle. Have a town. Yeah, Seattle have a team. Well, it's, it's the uh, Charlotte Hornets now, isn't it? Yeah. Well, not now. It, it will be. I think. Isn't there going to be like um...
1: Pelicans? Yeah. Um, <laughs> what's the other really big town that doesn't have a team?
3: Is it like Can- Anaheim? Anaheim. Anaheim hasn't got a team. Uh, yeah, that's uh, California. They've got like four teams. Three to, four teams. Yeah, but it's, you're getting so much money though, aren't you? Um, I'm trying to think. Yeah. Kansas? I, had to this, Kansas? I had to do this for my dissertation on the biggest media markets without isn't
1: Kansas. Cam- I'm sure one might be Kansas.
3: Kansas know. might be up there. Have you
2: seen in the new Madden game you can actually relocate your team to London, England?
3: Really?
2: <laughs> yeah. Aren't they doing that or something? <laughs> uh, there were rumours of a franchise based in Wembley, but whether it'll happen or not, I don't know. It's a, a lot of the NFL teams refuse to... To do the transatlantic Why, flight. It's
3: stupid. All this uh, relocating to a European and that. It's like if a team came into London, it, it there wouldn't be any any supporters. It, everyone, would, I, everyone would just be supporting like the opposing team, no matter who it was.
2: I, the problem is if they base a franchise in London,
3: then woo! every
2: everyone, all the NFL fans across the country have to flock to the capital every weekend to see their team
3: play. Exactly.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I, I think I don't even think it's the travel, Because like, if you look. What's a flight, say, from New York to Seattle? That must be...
3: Yeah,
2: but, yeah. It's like it's like 15, 16 hours or something. So that's
1: less than uh,
3: America. Uh, mm, England. Yeah. Tampa Bay, San Diego. They're two teams that haven't... San Diego. They're big ones. Uh,
2: yeah, San Diego, San Diego haven't got great sports teams yeah. at the moment. <laughs> Seattle,
3: Seattle, obviously, mentioned. Uh, just looking at the media markets. So, you need to
2: splash your dissertation up somewhere, man. I
3: want to read this. <laughs> I can send it, yeah, if you want. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't sound too confident. <laughs> no, no, I'll, I'll send it, yeah. I'll I'll throw it on throwing on an email tomorrow. If you've got uh, two two hours, well, two days, it's totally, it's, it's a big read. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that Actually, sounds well cool. Yeah, it was just an excuse to read a load of books. Really, I was going to say. I read anyway, so it was all right. Bill Simmons' book of basketball is, is the shit.
1: Oh, I need to buy that.
3: Yeah, I do. And I'm reading uh, Phil Jackson's I want, book. I want Phil Jackson's book. Yeah, it's weird. It's so weird. He tells you how to live your life and everything. <laughs> yeah, because he's like the Zen, Zen master. master oh, right? Some of the stuff he comes out with are just mental. Like... Am I reading this
1: for this summary? 11... 16 quid.
3: Mm. Uh, yeah. temporarily a... out of stock. Oh, fantastic. It's a birthday present for me. Uh, i 've got tim grover's book as well that's weird that's a motivational book pretty much you know the trainer mm. i haven't read that i have read that yet that's just a bit i've just had a look through it it's like it, it's like if you want to go out and like kill someone it's got you know, like motivation on how you 're going to do it successfully and that like, it's mental some of the stuff he says oh, the
1: book of is seven pounds
3: oh it's worth it it's like seven hundred it's seven hundred uh seven hundred pages so that's a oh, god. A, a, a one one p per page
2: i've got i 've got to read I've got relentless Shrine around somewhere. That's quite yeah. good. I've got by some, um,
3: Tim Grover. Yeah,
1: I've got some football books to read as
3: well. Uh, I'm trying to think what else is good. Uh, breaks of the game is good about the Portland seventies team. Uh, the Jordan Rules is good. I love Portland. I have got a thing. You football, do, yeah. don't you? Watch, uh, read that book. That's that's really good. Uh, yeah, Jordan Rules is good. Uh, I'm trying to think. Of I, think
2: a... it's cause, I think it's because the first year I really watched as it NBA is in, I had league pass and stuff. Was the year that was the 2 years portland were flying through to the playoffs all oh, right yeah
3: just battered yeah everyone I imagine imagine if league pass was around in like the early 2000s mm. and stuff it would have just been. I, um,
1: I didn't really i used to just casually watch nba but now since the, Roy for the since the big three that's when i
3: really took notice to, mm definitely I'm, I remember uh, one of the greatest things that the um, Sky Sports ever did, they showed every single game from the Kings-Lakers series in 2002. <laughs> that's <laughs> the best thing they've ever done, Sky Sports. That's because it's like one of the best series in playoff history. <laughs> and how they, how they knew it would be was, was great. How, how the Sacramento game go f- got over. <laughs> I've, I've still got the tapes of Recorded. Record- yeah, that's,
1: that's true. I've got the tapes of uh, WrestleMania 2000.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah I've, got, WrestleMania. yeah I've got so many like my mum threw them out, out recently because I converted them all to DVD but I had like hundreds of taped games off Sky Sports Kevin I I that. as soon as he came on screen stop record as soon as he went off screen record I <laughs> don't want that shit
1: I don't mind Kevin Cadel
3: yeah it's just everyone else that's with him John Amici used to be alright on Channel 5 mm.
1: is, he, and, is he
3: the gay one yeah yeah good book I went to his, I went to his basketball camp a few times a bit, a bit of knowledge there. Play a bit of hoops. I'm, I'm not. I'm not very good at basketball. Yeah, I'm not as good as I used to be. I'm. Just started smoking. I don't smoke anymore. But that's... Uh, there you go. Anyway, well, yeah. I'm gonna have a shower and go to bed.
1: I do need to go to bed. I, I've got. I've got an exam on Friday, and I'm going around my mates. Going around my mates to do some intense revision.
3: <laughs> intense. All right. All right then. Well, I'll see you. I'll talk to you later. All right. So, see mate. you later, lads. Hello.
1: That was a good podcast.